My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas, back in the building. Be more today's show, episode 100. Believe it or not, 100 episodes. We've been grinding since day one, and this show has grown and grown and grown. I got to thank you for your support, your love, your charity, your uh, continual findings of us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. You have made Be More Today what it is. Right now, we're heard in 62 countries. 22,000 downloads. It's all because of your love and support that Be More Today continues to move forward. So thank you for all you've done for us and for all those who are continuing to go on there and see us. Uh, my book is on uh, com for our swag store, the book information, the podcast stuff, and all things Be More Today related. Our quote for today is very, very simple as always by Aisha Taylor. She said, success is not the absence of failure. It's the persistence through failure. This is the time as we talked about all year, right? We talked about our goals, our hopes, our dreams, our failures. And as we go through different things, success is something that we all look for, right? We, we strive for, we want to be a part of. Um, we look at people on Instagram or on social media and see if they're successful or not. And we recognize that although people are posting all these great things about what they're doing, no one posts their failures. No one posts things that they're struggling with. No one posts the thing that they're uh, uh, battling through. Uh, and all you see is just people liking things. But to be honest, there's so much failure that comes with success. And I want to remind you guys just to be persistent during these times. There are so many things happening in terms of our physical health, right? From the scares happening around the world to just things you're going through on a regular basis. But you too can be successful if you are persistent through that failure. Uh, I talk about that in my book many, many times. And I brought a number of guests on the show who also told you that going through failure, you have to fail forward to get through it. And the guest I have on the show today is the epitome of success. He's someone who uh, I admire and adore. He's someone who is dynamic and has seen uh, ways to go through the trials that we face on every single day to get more and more successful in his own life. And his name is John Gallucci Jr. Now, the dynamic CEO of Jaguar Physical Therapy, which I love because I work there, John Gallucci, uh, MS, ATC, PT, DPT, so many things. He's in demand for his expertise in injury prevention, rehabilitation, sports medicine, and athletic conditioning. 
He's appeared often on radio and television, including ESPN's award-winning Outside the Lines, MSG Varsity, New Jersey News 12, WFAN, and is a popular public speaker. Gallucci has made a major impact in his field throughout New York, New Jersey area, and holds a national presence in the sports medicine community. Jaguar Physical Therapy is now conveniently located throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. And John currently is the medical coordinator for Major League Soccer, MLS, coordinating the medical care of more than 500 professional soccer players. Gallucci is a former head trainer for the New York Red Bulls, MLS team, and is a sports medicine consultant for professional athletes, players in the NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, and U.S. wrestling. John has also worked in the athletic department of Columbia University, New York University, and Long Island University, and has been a clinical instructor at Columbia University, Seton Hall University, Rutgers University, and Dominican College. John is the former program director of Barnabas Health Sports Medicine Institute, and also serves as an appointed member of New Jersey Governor Christie's Council on Physical Fitness and Sport. Professional athletes around the world, members of Ford's Billionaires List, America's Civil Servants, and the everyday person have all sought the expertise and knowledge of John Gallucci Jr. In a local community, John's charitable efforts have included a leading role in the fundraisers of Barnabas Health, the Valerie Fund, the Lacanzi Child Life Fund, and Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the Thrives Foundation, the list goes on and on and on. He supports more than 60 high school programs, college programs, and athletic clubs throughout the tri-state area and college teams, athletic teams. Folks, what more can I say about this guy? He is the man for this show. And no better guest to be on episode 100 than this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage my guest and the CEO of Jack One Physical Therapy, John Gallucci. John, what is going on? John, thank you for that uh, very, very prestigious opening and introduction. And congratulations on your 100th show. That's awesome. Uh, it's fantastic to see people go after their passion, want to accomplish thing and something and, and sit here on your 100th episode is awesome. So I'm honored to be a guest today. Uh, as far as my, my bio is concerned, I, I appreciate you taking that out of the, the, the archives. Uh, but ultimately, the most important thing is that uh, I'm, a, I'm a person like everybody else, and, and, and I'm a person that wants to treat people the way everybody should be treated. And that's the most important thing to get out of my bio. And that's what makes JAG One Physical Therapy a success. The other thing is very, very interesting, and, and, and I know that not to bring the conversation in politics, but talk about healthcare. When you look at the Governor's Council on Physical Fitness and Sport, I've actually been on that council for 17 years and four governors on both sides of the aisle, uh, including currently uh, Governor Phil Murphy, uh, who, is, who is the New Jersey governor at this point. So I've had the opportunity to work on both sides of the aisle with a collaborative effort of, of making New Jerseyans healthy. Uh, and I've been excited to be part of that for the last 17 years. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, it just shows your your character and your your drive. Um, like you said, the bio speaks for itself, but you as a person speak more than that. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Let's dive in. We have a lot to talk about. I know that um, you know, I've been working with Jack for almost 10 years now, and it'll be 10 years in November. And uh, you know, one of the things that sets us aside from other companies is um 
you know, our catering to, to people's needs and our sense of community, like you've mentioned so many things. But what do you think as the CEO for this company has been the key to our growth over the years? So it's our people. You know, it's, it's people honestly being able to understand that everyone needs to be treated as a person. As a clinician, you want to make sure you're treating people the way you'd want to be treated. You want to make sure you're treating people the way you'd want family members treated. Um, and I think the other important thing is, is different than a lot of our, our colleagues over the years. We've, we've run our business and operated our business for all communities throughout New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, the catchment areas we've run into as an in-network opportunity for, for patients to come and utilize our services. Um, so it's been very, very beneficial that our biggest marketing is the community of New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, because they go out after coming to one of our clinics and being treated by our physical therapists that are treating you pretty much as they treat a family member or they'd want to be treated. And then they leave and they go out and they tell a friend and then that friend tells two friends. And uh, I'm a little older than you, Sean, but there used to be a, a shampoo commercial that used to market itself that one person used the shampoo, then two people, then four people, then, then eight people, and it would go on and on and on. And we're very, very fortunate that our growth and our success as the physical therapy aficionados of New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania are, are the fact that our patients really love us. And based on their successes, their outcomes, uh, uh, reaching their goals uh, are really our best advocates and marketing. Now, we have an unbelievable marketing department here at JAG One Physical Therapy, led by our chief marketing officer, Kayla Jean George, um, who does an unbelievable job. But at the end of the day, it's our caregivers, our staff that are making sure people are getting back to the game of life, which is what it's all about. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that slogan, that get back to the life you love is a slogan that you've been using and we've been using on our shirts and our logos for everything. Why did you decide to use this phrase as the foundation of this company? Well, listen, this is a very transparent, honest conversation, Sean, uh, because everybody was stealing our other taglines. Hmm. So we actually decided to take a combination of a couple of our original taglines and really get down to the grit of we want people to enjoy each and every day. We want people to love their life. Yeah. And, and ultimately, we got smarter. We hired an attorney and, and we were able to coin the phrase in, in the rehabilitative market um, that basically is what we do. We get people back to the love their life, the, the, the life they love. And, and we've been very, very fortunate. And, and, you know, it's interesting. It could be anybody from a uh, a professional football player to a high school soccer player to a police officer that loves their job and helping the community to a fireman that saves lives to people each and every day that may use their their bodies to to put food on a table clothing on their backs we truly circle that in that simplistic tagline of of this is your life and 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 get back to it and love it and and it was very important that me that the people that read that tagline understand that we're about people and restoring the fact of your life and getting you to love every minute of the things you enjoy. So if you really look at the impetus, that's, that's really where it came from. 
So yeah, that's you know I, I appreciate that for a number of reasons. You know, one of the things why I started this Be More Today movement is because I really wanted people to recognize that life is short and that we should really appreciate the life that we have. And you know, as someone who got into therapy because I myself went through therapy uh, from two knee surgeries and a number of other things going through college, track and basketball, whatever else. You, know, you recognize that when something's taken away from you, you really appreciate it, whether it's the ability to uh, walk or the ability to run or losing that ability, you really appreciate when you can't do it. And for those who you don't want to go out there and do any kind of activity physically because they're tired or they're just kind of lazy or they're just too busy, you know, when you can't do something, you you have a hunger to get that thing done and to get back to the life that you were doing before. So you know, I see a lot of similarity between the Be More Today and Jag One stuff for me because it just makes me recognize that, like you're saying, life is short. Life is precious. And the reason I love the slogan so much about the life that you love is that we all have, whether you're a grandmother or you're a 15-year-old track star that I saw today trying to get back on the track, you know, we have this life that we get a chance to live. And we want to live it. We want to live it without pain, without suffering, without issues. So PT by itself is that thing that I think you and I both can agree can, can get us there. And, you know, I, the question I have for you next is that as someone who's seen PT transform itself over the last couple of years, I've been treating for 10 years myself and you longer than that, you know, there's still a sense of people trying to figure out what we do. Um, whether you've been through PT or not, if you have been through it, you, you know what's going on. But I still see people that I meet every single day for the first evaluation who come in and say, is this going to work? Is this going to work? And can you, what can you guarantee? And, you know, should I go see this person or that person? Um, you know, you, you've seen a profession grow and, and, and develop and, and transform over the number of years. And you've grown this, this great company built on what you believe physical therapy is and can be. What are your, some of your thoughts as we continue to grow as a profession to help merge our profession, our um, mantras, our beliefs, our systems of uh, practice, along with the other clinicians who do MD and PA and, and, and ATCs and, and, and all the other disciplines that are out there to help people get better. How can we continue to put our message out for who we are and what we do and collaborate with others to make sure that people know exactly what we do and how interesting and, and dynamic we can be to help somebody get back to life they want to live? So I think that's an awesome question. And, and the interesting thing is I also think when you were formulating the question, somewhere in there you went to say I was old. But I'll, I'll, I'll forget that. I'll, I'll ignore that part. But, but, but ultimately, you know, listen, the physical therapy profession is, is a hands-on therapeutic exercise movement profession. And when you look at the top diagnoses that are filtering throughout our emergency rooms every year, it's musculoskeletal, orthopedic uh, injuries that are, that are causing people to not have function, to limit function, to compensate function. And, and ultimately, I'll pull a little bit of my age out. Um, I have been in physical therapy clinics as an employee since I'm 13 and a half years old. So I have seen the industry change dramatically from when I was 13, 14, 15, 16. There were a few outpatient facilities that touched the communities. But if you needed physical therapy or you needed any type of biomechanical analysis or any type of movement process, you know, you would, you would go to, go to a hospital and, and, and if you weren't bad enough, you were sent home with a book of exercises and said, good luck. And over the years, research has showed us that compensatory patterns actually cause more problems to the body. And the quicker you get 
true biomechanical movement and strength and function, you actually do better. And that's why I'm always entertained when people that, you know, have total joints think, oh, the joints replaced, I don't need physical therapy, but they forget for two to three years that they limped, they didn't use the muscles around the leg or, or whatever the joint it was, and ultimately forget that there's a process of rehabilitation that has to take place. We as the profession of physical therapy have done a great job in educating the community based on something that came out of the APTA years ago, which was called Vision 2020. And as we know, we're in 2022, so we passed the Vision 2020. I keep waiting for someone to come out with Vision 30, 30, but maybe you and I'll do that or something, or 2030 or whatever it may be. Right, right. But maybe that'll be your and my goal together. But but ultimately, in Vision 2020, our, 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 our colleagues before us had a plan to make us a doctoring profession, make us an autonomous profession, make us a direct access profession, and market us as the musculoskeletal professionals that ultimately can rehabilitate any musculoskeletal deficiency from injury and or illness. And most people don't realize the comprehensiveness of our education and the depthness of the entire body and its systems and how it works together. We are the only profession uh, that understands the component of all the systems of the body, but how they integrate and work to locomote and move the body and have it do its activities of daily living. And most people don't realize, probably the closest profession to us would be an MD physiatrist, um, you know, which, which is not going to get involved in the biomechanical movement and the continual exercises and therapeutic prescription. So uh, a, a physiatrist or more, you know, yes, you have this, now it's time to see the physical therapist. But knowledge-based, they probably have the, the, the knowledge base that a physical therapist does on the importance of moving, of moving the body. So we as a profession have done a good job, but what we have done is we've let the payers dictate ultimately the progressions. And I think in the last five years, you've seen the payers and when I talk about the payers, we're talking about your national level or your local insurance companies, even the federal government, are finally starting to read the research and realize that an inflection point of physical therapy early onset of injury and illness preserves the integrity of function and locomotion and utilization for activities of daily living. So it's pretty interesting that in the last five years versus the five years before that or 15 years, you're always fighting with the payers on trying to get your patients the best opportunity of care. Now it's becoming more of a collaborative as more and more research has come out. And the important thing for your viewers to really understand is physical therapy is a science research-based, evidence-based process of evaluation, treatment, and progression to full functionality. And many people don't understand that. So although our vision 2020 was to accomplish many different things, I think it's now up to you and our colleagues, similar to what you're doing right now with a, with a podcast, to really start to get the message out across the country that technically, if you look at MSK injuries that cost billions of dollars, only 10% of those people are being touched by physical therapists which means the opportunity for people to get better biomechanically, physically in less pain, less opioid dependent is very, very opportunistic 
for the profession of physical therapy, but more important for the American citizen to have access and care to get that functionality and decrease pain. Realize, who did the federal government turn to to decrease opioid utilization in America? They turn to the physical therapist because we understand, and we do it each and every day, how to reduce pain through modalities, how to reduce pain by movement and function, how to reduce pain by exercise, how to reduce pain by manual mobilization. So we are technically the human way to decrease pain. So why not have the federal government turn to us? And now it's starting to happen is the entire health professions, MDs, PAs, DOs are all starting to turn to physical therapy and getting people entered into PT on the early set of injury and illness. Yeah, and I appreciate hearing that. I, I, I think the, um, the beauty of that is recognizing, hopefully as we continue to put awareness out there and share what we know, and other people who've gone through PT share what they know, that we will get that respect, right? We will get that uh, uh, appreciation for what we're doing and that will transfer for the next generation of therapists who come up and hopefully can change our world to so that people have less injuries and less of the same ailments we've been seeing over and over and over again. There's no reason why people should not have the information that we're able to share on a regular basis. And that's why, you know, I do this show on a regular basis because I feel like I want to share whatever I've learned with everyone else. There's no reason why someone shouldn't recognize or be able to know how to fix themselves exercise wise if they do get hurt. And, you know, if you go online, you see all kinds of stuff that will lead you astray but, you know, having the expertise that we have and just sharing what we all should know about our bodies, um, it's really a gem, you know, recognizing when you do get hurt that you can do certain things to feel better or having to go down a route of medication or other things and seeing that it actually works and that it can be beneficial to give you longevity for the long haul of your life. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, I think more about insurance rates now and how there are so many things that are now crouching upon us in terms of what we're doing what we're trying to do and how even reimbursement rates are now being challenged, uh, whether in New York and New Jersey, what have you, uh, looking at Medicare and other things, just seeing how the rates for insurances are getting lower and lower and lower. We're getting less and less reimbursements for, again, a service that we know helps people and can help people. So it's frustrating for patients, but also for us. I saw recently you traveled to DC and you were lobbying out there and talking to people out there about what's happening in New York and New Jersey um, what are your thoughts now on the future, right? We talked about education and that's been great for us to be able to share that, but if reimbursement rates are not going to be in line for us to give these services to our patients, you know, what is the future for a JAG one or a bigger other company like that when it comes to reimbursements and how do you survive when we're adapting to the ever-changing insurance companies, uh, dictating what we should and should not be able to bill for? So, so great question again. Awesome. Um, listen, Healthcare in general, uh, and I, as you pointed out, I'm a little older than you. Um, healthcare in general has always had that battle of, of a compre- comprehensiveness of a budget that the federal government uses to, to sort of manage um, the healthcare services for the American citizens, for those that are not in the private, the private payer component. Um, so ultimately, what's happened is, is the federal government builds this budget, but really, really never navigates the concept of the utilization of research and how to really manage the budget based on different utilizations for different diagnoses. 
And part of our, our, our trip down to DC was to educate, and I had the opportunity to educate two congressional leaders on the New York side, two congressional leaders on the New Jersey side. And, and it's quite interesting that there's this overall healthcare budget that manages Medicaid and Medicare and Congress votes on the budget. But when you get into the intricacies of the conversation, and it's quite interesting, every profession goes down there and fights for their different loss or gain of reimbursement. But the interesting thing in the way we presented it was a little bit different was to not go down there and say, don't do this cut or give us this raise. Our approach was, why don't you learn exactly what we do, how we do it, and how technically, budgetarily, we can save millions of dollars. And interesting, all four people that I had the opportunity to speak to uh, were really taken back at the approach that it wasn't going in there and demanding don't cut, don't cut, or give, give, give. It was more of an approach of explaining, this is research-based. This is what studies have shown us. And yet you're, 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 you're combining the physical therapy profession in this healthcare portfolio, and that's what they call it. They actually, in each congressional leader's office, there's someone that manages the different portfolios and there's someone that manages the con congressional portfolio. And ultimately they look at, all right, we're gonna prove a dollar amount or not approve a dollar amount, but nobody ever gets into the intricacies of who can save a dollar amount. You know, there was a Walmart study uh, a couple of, a couple about a year ago, two years ago, that came out and talked about the unnecessary surgeries that are done on a yearly basis. That right off the bat, physical therapy could have definitively defined a better pathway for the patients and had better outcomes. So right there, you're talking about a cost savings. Then I used an example of a program that we utilize at JAG-1 Physical Therapy, working with uh, different type of urgent care centers and emergency departments. When it comes to MSK, why don't you let them go direct to a PT on an algorithm and, and, and get them going and functioning and decreasing pain and decreasing inflammation and returning function and seeing if that outcome is better and again, that outcome nine times out of 10 will be better as research shows us. And the cost effectiveness of no major imaging, no major intervention, no major uh, type of, of, of specialist being involved saves the government millions of dollars. So I would love our congressional leaders that basically overlook the budget. Instead of looking at a dollar amount, we're gonna approve these billions for Medicaid and Medicare. Why don't you really start to isolate the diagnoses, really look at the care paradigm of those diagnoses, and really see where each one of the diagnoses that these $2 billion programs are running to really see how you can trickle down an opportunity of savings. And I actually think if you get a couple of smart congressional leaders, they'll start to see an upside that physical therapy can cost can save millions of dollars, which ultimately can ultimately increase the reimbursement rate from the federal payers for physical therapy. Now, that is a goal of mine. It's a, a dream of mine that we actually get congressional leaders that understand the facts. And as I said, it's their portfolio managers, the healthcare portfolio managers that are getting into the grid. So we have a program right now that I came back from DC and I said to myself, you know, an organization we belong to 
the APTQI, which is our lobbyist, had set up these meetings. I said, you know, here I am practicing in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area for 30 years. And that was the second time I went to D.C. and I spoke to three to four people. Why don't we educate New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania lawmakers, senators and congressmen? Let's send them a deck. Let's educate them on physical therapy. Let's give them evidence. Let's show them where dollars can be saved. And now if you take New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, you take all your senators, you take all your congresspeople, now at least you're inviting close to 35 to 40 different lawmakers to get involved in the conversation instead of jumping down every two years to meet three or four people or their portfolio managers. Let's get this information continuously to our lawmakers, at least where we practice, to keep the conversation going. So instead of hitting three, four people every year, JAG One Physical Therapy starting, it actually starts this week, on a quarterly basis, we'll be sending educational documents to close to 40 different lawmakers every quarter, just with research and evidence base to show the importance of the profession, but more importantly, the importance of reducing overall health care costs. Wow. That's, that's great. I, I love it for a number of reasons. I love the fact that you're taking the information to them, right? And you're being proactive about it. A lot of people talk about, oh, we should do this and do that. But you're actually taking the steps to say, you know what? This is the problem. This is the solution, possibly. Let's take some steps to see where this can go. And you're putting into action, which I think is one of the things that, you know, I've been to Albany for a number of times, even in grad school for PT. We, gone, we went there. We talked to a couple of people. We drove there. It took us four hours to get there, right? We were there for probably like two hours, maybe an hour and a half, and then came back. And I remember going there and being like, as a student, right? As a student saying, wow, I'm up here. I'm not even a therapist yet, but we're, we're sitting here lobbying for things that may or may not change. And I look back and that was, you know, 10 years ago. And those same things are on the docket. Those same things are in the air. Those same things are still issues. So I think like what you're saying, you know, putting things into perspective and actually taking action for these things and making other people accountable and bringing in the herd and family around us to get this thing done as well. It takes, it takes a family or it takes a village, like you said, to get these things done. So I, I applaud you for doing that and pulling in the others to help us get this done because it is a, a didactic where if we all come together, PTs and OTs and MDs, whoever else, to make sure that we're doing the best for our communities, people will get better. And we can't do it by ourselves. And like you said, it's been an ongoing thing for years on end, as you've seen in your profession for the last 30 years and mine for the last 10, it's still been an issue. So I, I applaud you for being one of the pioneers for doing that for us. Well, um, thank you. Appreciate that. You know, it also just brings me to the, the question that I have about, you know, you know a lot about business stuff, John. And, you know, I, as clinicians, you know, we, we learn about stuff in school, but when it comes to the business end of, of running a business, running a clinic, being the business, all those things. I've talked about a lot of stuff on the show and I brought a number of people who have gone out and done their own thing, whether they're smaller end or on the bigger end like you and other professions, not just medical, but others. And, you know, when it comes to tips about being successful in this thing, right? Lobbying, like you just mentioned, is, is one aspect, right? Not just on the clinical side, but recognizing that if we change the reimbursement spectrum, we can work on not just making sure that we can be beneficial as, as companies, but beneficial for other patients to come and be able to receive our services as well. That's a bigger concept that, you know, is bigger than us looking at musculoskeletal issues or looking at, you know, brachial plexus. It's a bigger concept of looking at the profession 
and the future of it and the future of Jag One. So I'm curious, um, for, you know, for you, where this business nat came from, um, and if you have any business tips that you want to share for aspiring clinicians who are looking to, you know, do what we do or be where you are, maybe in the next 20 years. Well, that's that. Thank you for the the, the that question. It's it's quite interesting, and sometimes people don't like to go backwards to go forward. And ultimately, I try to always reflect on on my history and and understand the foundation that that gave me the opportunity to to be where I am today. But quite quite frankly, and and some people know this, my family when I was 19 years old fell on very very hard times. Um, you know, mom and dad pretty much, and it's, it's quite frank, lost everything. Uh, and they had a young son named John Jr. I was John Jr. Um, so my dad's the original Jag, John Anthony Gallucci Sr., and I was John Jr. But ultimately, their business fell on hard times, very similar to what we see now in 2022, the consolidation of healthcare was happening back in 84, 85, and 86, where there was a consolidation. And my parents owned a DME business, a durable medical equipment business, that um, was either going to be gobbled up or put out of business by, by some of the larger healthcare institutions. And ultimately, those lessons of my parents' unfortunate financial demise taught me some very valuable lessons. First, the first and foremost lesson is always have a nest egg to fall back on. So so if you make a dollar, don't spend the dollar. You should only be spending 33 cents of the dollar because 33 cents has to go to taxes and 33 cents should be saved just in case uh, something happens. So I did learn the world of thirds very, very, very quickly. I also learned that, you know, if I was to go to college or grad school and become a physical therapist and athletic trainer, that the bill, very similar to a lot of our colleagues, was going to be on them. So I, I went from being a freshman in college and, and pretty much, you know, getting help from family to all of a sudden, the only way I was going to go to college was to work three different jobs. Um, and ultimately what I did while I was in college is I, I worked three different jobs, not always the same job. You know, my son, Charles, who's 17, always looks at me as the guy I could pick the, the thing my dad didn't do. Um, but but ultimately, you know, when people say, uh, you know, did you, did you ever have to work in a cemetery? Yes, I worked in a cemetery. Uh, did you did you ever have to clean bathrooms? Yeah, I cleaned bathrooms. Did you ever have to do construction? I she rocked and painted. I I bartended. I worked as a bar back. I worked as a waiter. I worked at the Gap. Um, you know, I, I, anything I could do to get tuition dollars. And, and pay rent and put clothing on my back and food, I did. And, and I, I happened to meet my wife at an early age who lost her dad at 18. So although her financial situation wasn't as devastating as mine, she was not someone of, of, of massive wealth. And, and, and we were in love and we realized that we wanted different for our children and different for our future. And ultimately, where am I going with this? You started the conversation off about talking about a, a quote of failure. And the biggest thing is if you look at everything that's gone on uh, over the last 30 years of my career and my education was, yes, you have to learn from failure. Yes, you have to persevere and be able to get yourself back up. 
I was a wrestler and the quote is always get off the mat and, and get the work done. Um, but what most people don't realize and the biggest business tip I can, I can give is you have to step back and appreciate you set a goal, you accomplish the goal, and you have to understand everything you did to get to that goal. You may have failed three times and you may have persevered and got yourself back up. But when you attain the goal, did you take a minute, did you take five minutes, did you take an hour, did you take a day to really reflect on everything you had to do to get there and really appreciate what you did. And that's what really makes you stronger in business. It really gives you the definition. So, you know, I mentioned the gap, um, you know, at the time in the 80s and 90s, the gap was one of the biggest stores in our country and had all the Gap commercials and everybody was wearing Gap clothing. And, and it was quite interesting. I went there to, to be a clerk. You know, I was working a register and I was and I was folding clothes. And I, and I never forget one day at the Gap. And you got to know, I only had the Gap job for about nine months um, because I, I, I had to take a class and it, 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 it conflicted with my schedule at the Gap. So the Gap was out. And I was doing more sheetrocking and painting. Because I could do my schedule. I was sheetrocking and painting at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes. Mm. But, but ultimately, the one thing I realized at a very, very early age was I was a sponge. And here I was at the Gap. Yeah, I learned how to fold the special way on the board that they wanted. Right. I learned how to use the register how they wanted. Learned how to answer the phone, how to talk to customers. Mm. But what I really loved was when I would go into, and I don't know if you've ever been in the back of a mall store. There's always the manager's office that's like four by four with the worst light in the world. And, and ultimately, there's all these charts. And the charts amazed me. That down to the minute and the penny, the gap had this science of how to order, how to pay people, how to hire people, how to develop people, what the platform was. So, so literally, I befriended the manager and wanted to learn more about management. Now, you sit there and say, oh, my God, I hope JAG1 Physical Therapy isn't run off of the management of the gap. But your viewers should know. It was the management of the Gap. It was the management of Domino's Pizza. It was the management of Grandpa's Comedy Club. It was the management of New York University, the management of Columbia University, the management and marketing of Red Bull, the management and marketing of Madison Square Garden and the New York Knicks, the management of every place I've ever touched, worked, been at, kind of compiled and learned from mistakes, made mistakes, but ultimately realized that the word entrepreneur isn't just about business. It's about, are you willing to take the risk? Are you willing to learn from your mistake? And are you willing to get back up? And you said it beautifully in the beginning, but ultimately my biggest tip to give everybody is set a goal. Don't let anybody take it away. And make sure when you reach it, you appreciate it because you did it. You're the one that did it. You had the gumption. You had the desire. You had the passion. And listen, you've heard me speak to our, our employees, and I love our team. But our new generation has an expectation of, of give me. Give me this. Give me. 
that there's nobody that understands nothing is given. You've got to work for it and you've got to fight for it. And, and ultimately, when you look at our success as a company, we have more people at JAG1 Physical Therapy each and every day that are fighting for their wants and needs personally, professionally, and financially, which gains our patients opportunity to reach their goals. And I'm very, very important to the people that we surround ourselves with. And we're very, very fortunate to have the JAG1 physical therapy team working each and every day to put our best product, which is our people, out front and center. Mm, there it is, folks. You know, I, I appreciate all of that, John. I appreciate the concept of gumption, that grit. I appreciate the concept of recognizing that nothing is given, right? There are no handouts. And, you know, I've mentioned that on the show a couple of times, but you just hit it on, on the head again. There's a, a sense of not wanting to put the work in, but wanting to reap all the benefits. And, you know, like you said, for the last number of years, you've worked in so many jobs and that became your training ground for this. Um, you know, you and I share a lot of things in common when it comes to that grit and that gumption. We talked about that in, in the past, but also that sense of recognizing that you use whatever you've learned from wherever you've been to make sure that you do whatever you're doing now to the best of your ability. And whether it means that you are the first person at the office doing everything, whether it's cleaning or whatever else, or the last person leaving, you're putting that hundred percent in no matter what. And, you know, I appreciate that because that's what be more today means to me. It's, it's recognizing that no matter what's going on, you got to get through this thing and you're going to fail forward. No matter what, there are no handouts given, whether you're running a race, whether it's a physical race or the race of life, you can go out there and be successful, but no one's going to give you anything. You have to go out there and get it. And, you know, I think you and I connected a couple of weeks ago when we, we chatted and we met up and I recognize that there's a similar spirit between you and I that I appreciate um, that not a lot of people have when it comes to our profession. You know, this is something that I think you and I take very, very seriously. And I, I recognize that from you. And I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, John, you know, when we first met, I didn't, I didn't know you like that, but in talking to you and talking about your history and knowing your story now, it's, it's, it speaks volumes to me. Now it's even louder because I see it. I see why you do what you do, why you have the passion you have for your community and why you have so many connections with so many entities. I mean, it just lets me know that what we're doing is impacting not just who we see on a regular basis on our shifts, but who we're seeing in the community and who sees us in the community from seeing billboards and various games and, and commercials and everything else, we truly are becoming a pillar for health. And as we continue to connect with the community and we see other people who are now following us and engaging with us, there are a number of connections we've made and you've made over your tenure. Why is giving back so important to you? Well, you've got to realize we've been we've been very, very, as I said before, fortunate that the communities we serve are our biggest advocate for our business development and our business growth. And those communities we serve all have issues. They all have it. It, it could be, uh, you know, charitable components. It could be, as we know, storm components, uh, war components. Everybody, and I do a lecture, and I think you know this, everybody has a story. There's not one of us that, that doesn't have a positive and a negative story, a sad or a happy story. Everybody has a story. 
It's whether or not you're able to take that, that, that experience and, and be able to turn it into a productive positive. And, and that's what many people don't, don't really understand about me. You know, everybody always says, I can't believe you come in and, and you're happy every day. The executive team will tell you, you know, I could go into the meeting happy, but I'm still going to ask on certain questions that are important for the growth and development of our business. Doesn't mean I'm not happy. It just means, you know, everybody wants the answer to certain questions. What we really have to understand is, is we serve the community. And if the community needs us and we have an opportunity to help the community, we should do that. And, you know, too many people put dollar amounts. The communities don't just need dollars. Communities need volunteers. The community needs, uh, you know, someone to, to, to stand up and be a, a mentor. The community needs someone to educate somebody. If you think of the different facets of what we do in our communities, everybody always looks at our charitable giving. That's not even 25% of what JAG1 physical therapy does in the community. Think about that we have relationships with 111 physical therapy schools and occupational therapy schools where our physical therapists are taking students in every single day, teaching and developing them. We're teaching them and developing them to possibly go work somewhere else, but we want to make them know they had an experience in JAG1 physical therapy. Think about the lectures that our, our team is doing across the three states to prevent injuries, to do CPR, to integrate with the community, to teach people how to hydrate, to eat well. You know, those are all free. Nobody ever looks at the free things as, as, as doing for your community. You know, everybody wants to know, oh, you gave money here, you gave money there, oh, you did. Well, it's all about that we are a community servicing company and we need to not just give back in money, we need to integrate with our community and serve our communities the way they need served. I've got one of our deal colleagues that's very, very involved in the Boys and Girls Club as, as a mentor, goes away at camp. I've got another one of our colleagues that's involved with, with, with PASI here in Essex County. I've got another one that's involved with bereavement. I've got another person that's involved with children with blood disorders and cancer. And, and again, not dollars, they're involved. They're working with students, they're working with with patients, they're working with people that, to be honest with you, doesn't bring any revenue into JAG1 physical therapy, but what it does do is it gives us back to the community with our knowledge base, our education, our resources. And at the end of the day, why did I become a physical therapist? Why did I become a healthcare professional? Why did any of us? We did it because we wanted to help the community we serve to love the life they live. Yeah. Yeah. That's really it. And, you know, I, I appreciate that also because you and I share similar sentiments, not just as authors, but also as people who just let to get back um, for free. You know, I, I, as you already know, I, I do a, a running club called Spartan Sunday running club here in Brooklyn. It came out of uh, us doing workouts in a church building, to be honest, about 10 years ago. And there were about five of us watching P90X videos to me just saying, you know, what, let me just go out there and do what I already know. Um, from track and field stuff and whatever else. And we started doing Spartan races and those races became road races and then the marathon and whatever else. But now, uh, as we have this, this collaboration with Jag One and the running club, I'm recognizing there's so many people who are now becoming a part of it. And um, as you know, I've been doing workouts at our clinic and that's been for the community as well. And we've had people who said, oh, it's free. 
yeah, it's free. Just come, come through our doors and come see what's going on. And I have moms and grandmas and grandpas who come with their canes and walkers and crutches and they work, John, they work, they work, they work at 6 a.m. in the morning. And for me, you know, you asked about what's, what's your why? What's your why? Why are you doing these things? That's my why. Recognizing that someone wants to get up this day and make today and be great at whatever it is, whether it's an hour doing this or eight hours on the job, making sure that someone can go out there and be able to walk down the aisle with their, with their husband or wife or daughter or whatever, or being able to see someone be able to really reach into the counter, you know, after months on end of having a surgery. That for me is an amazing feat to say, you know what, the human body is that thing where if you push to the limit, you will see success. And that's my why. I know you mentioned your why's in the past, but that's my why. That's why I do these things. And I'm blessed to be uh, promoted to this position that you guys have given me about the Director of Community Engagement and Inclusion. I'm super excited about it. And I'm excited to go out there and to engage more with the running club and the workouts in Brooklyn and even all of our tri-state area people to make sure we can continue to help everybody know who we are and what we're doing. My question for you as I continue to do that, because now I'm looking for uh, the connections that you have and, and the contacts you have, and even just to kind of pick your mind a little bit about what you think are ways that we can improve still on our offices. Because it, even though we're huge and we're growing and we're doing so many things, we can still work on certain things, right? We can still work on diversifying our offices. We can still work on engaging our communities in different areas that we haven't really tapped into yet. So what are some ways that you think as we move forward into the future of JAG1 that we can improve on diversifying our offices and engage our community to even a greater extent? I think one of the most important things, and I always go back to that, we are people taking care of people. And our clinicians, our front desks, our aides, our athletic trainers, our integration in the communities through our athletic trainers and our, our marketing team is probably the biggest thing that, that helps us include and, and build our diversity. I mean, I'm very, very proud when you look at our company, you know, it's, it's definitely a company that is always inclusive. Of, of everyone. And I'm very, very proud of that. That's something that's very important to me because at the end of the day, I believe we all put our socks on the same way. And I believe that we all are hard to beat the same way. And we are unbelievably people working with people each and every day. But one of the biggest things that I've tried to do with many of our senior clinicians, uh, our, our regional clinicians is get us uh, totally integrated from the high school into the college level, teaching everybody that there's an opportunity in healthcare, teaching everybody that the profession of physical therapy is very important. And we start doing that at the high school level. We talk about physical therapy, occupational therapy, athletic training. We talk about other ways you could work in the healthcare field. In fact, uh, recently we did a program for one of the high schools here in the state of New Jersey that talked about, you know, how do you, and it was great, it was a great topic, but we segued it for healthcare. It was, how do you work in pro sports, but you're not a pro athlete? And, and it was pretty interesting. Me and the team that, that had the opportunity to educate these students was, well, take it differently. Why don't you think you want to be a healthcare professional? And if you were a healthcare professional, you know you could work with pro athletes. But then we segued and showed how a marketing person could work in pro sports, uh, a numbers accounting person could work in pro sports. So we showed the different professions, how, how a lawyer could work in pro sports. But then what we did was we segued it and used the examples of our company. 
Everybody thinks that our company each and every day's heartbeat is just based on our providers. Our heartbeat has an unbelievable finance team. Our heartbeat has an unbelievable marketing and outreach team. Our, our heartbeat at Jag One has an unbelievable credentialing team. Now imagine, I'm sitting here talking about credentialing, but we couldn't take our patients in if it wasn't for our credentialing team. And then, of course, it's, it's our human resource team that's always trying to make people better and develop. So when you look at healthcare and you look at that provision of helping people, it doesn't mean you just have to be a provider. There's many ways to enter the field. And I think the best way our growth and opportunity to continue our, our, our integration of making sure that we're people treating people and people employing people uh, is very, very important that we continue that educational model and we continue to be in front of people putting our best foot forward. Yeah. One of the most important, or I guess the most fulfilling aspects of my job is not even so much treating, it's seeing interns come in and introducing them to what we do and how we do and just seeing their faces light up when they recognize, oh, the human body is actually kind of interesting because it's different than being in a classroom where you're in a textbook and, you know, it's just different when things come to life. So I appreciate that and I can completely understand that and, and I connect with that. Um, and that's why I have you on the show, John, for this hundredth episode, because you get it. Uh, and I've asked a number of people on this show will be more saving to them. And sir, you are the hundredth person on this show to give me this answer. So when you hear this very important question, when you hear the phrase be more today, what does that phrase mean to you? Be your best self and make sure you're always fighting for your goals and dreams. The day you personally stop fighting for your goals and dreams is the day nobody else is going to fight for your goals and dreams. So you have to be your best advocate, put your best foot forward. And when you get knocked down, it's not about getting up. It's how well you get up and work on that next thing. So the best thing I could say is be your best self. Awesome. John Galucci, what's next for you? What's the next thing on the agenda, on the docket? What can we see in store for you or Jag One in the future? So Jag One Physical Therapy is it's very, very exciting. We have an opportunity that between now and the end of the year, we'll be opening up four new locations in different catchment areas that are underserved by our brand and underserved by, by our commitment to the community. So we're excited about that. Um, one of the first ones being Tottenville and Staten Island. As far as my, my goals and my initiatives and, and, and what makes me tick, I think the one we spoke about during, during the day, I think that we as a profession has done a poor job educating the lawmakers that are the decision makers of our future. And I think I'm gonna take that task to heart. I, I wanna get in front of these 40 or so lawmakers and make sure they understand. And then the other thing that I think is very, very important is we've embarked at JAG1 um, with our senior leadership in management programs and developing of management programs. And, and, you know, everybody is not born in orator like you and I. Everybody is not born into personally strong like you and I. And I think it's important for us to keep reminding our leadership the importance of that intercontinual communication. I think it's very, very important. And I, I, I've strived with our operations, Diana Friel and, and our human resource, um, Christina Hansen, to integrate some management style courses 
for our leadership to continue to grow and develop. So those are some of the initiatives for me. Personally, I, I, I'd like to take some time off. Usually I take some time off before my son goes back to college. My daughter, of course, is out of the house, but very, very fortunate that I'm going to be spending some time with my son, daughter, and also my wife in the, in the next coming weeks. Before we get to the grind, most people don't realize I am a certified athletic trainer. I've been in the athletic market for over 30 years. I'm in mid-season with Major League Soccer, keeping busy. But all of our colleges, all of our universities, all of our high schools, and all of our clubs come back to work in the next 10 to 15 days. And JAG One Physical Therapy, having the largest athletic training service business in the tri-state area, is about to launch and, and get moving. And we have athletic trainers covering things from, from people going to Denmark with the U.S. national team program to people working close with uh, a couple of the uh, – uh, actually, some some of our people were working the trials for the Maccabee games before they went off to Israel and having the opportunity to be entrenched with our communities at the high school and collegiate levels. Of course, our unbelievable relationships with schools like Seton Hall University, Columbia and NYU. This is when it really kicks off. Usually by the time we get to August 5th, which is only a couple of weeks away, we are moving. We are 24-7 taking care of taking care of all those high-level athletes from the high school level all the way up. So this is the heart of our athletic season. And then, as you can imagine, it's also a very, very tough time with surgical season. We start to see September, October, November, that a tremendous amount of people with surgeries that they may have been pushing off till the end of the year start to come. So this is a very busy time for our company, and I'm very proud of how our colleagues each and every day present themselves and take care. So there's a lot of things on the agenda, but remember, if you keep moving, they can't hit you. That's right. That's right. Very exciting times, John. Thank you so much for being on this show. Listen, where can people connect with you on social media or JAG1 on Facebook or on, on the internet? So jag1pt.com, J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com, or they could always send me an email at info, at jag1pt.com. That's I-N-F-O at jag1pt.com. Thank you so much, sir. You've made episode 100 wonderful the books. I salute you. I salute you. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for inspiring others to recognize that PT is that thing that can, I think, and you, I think also you believe, can definitely change the world. Thank you for the opportunity. Have an awesome day. No problem. And folks, don't forget about our quote from today, right? Success is not the absence of failure. It's the persistence through failure. You heard what John talked about, right? You got to get back up. You will get knocked down. It's going to happen. No questions about it. But continue to respond the right way. Continue to fight those battles and keep moving to get back to the life that you love. We can all do that thing, but we have to just continue to stay focused on it and not give up during the trials and tribulations. So key to his words Continue to follow us at bemorestoday.com for, again, my book, our swag stores out there. The podcast continues to grow. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I appreciate you. And it's 100 episodes in the books. I couldn't have done it without you guys. So thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you so much, sir. And you already heard, John, if you want to see us at Jag One, follow the website. Or as always, you can follow my website as well, Be More Today. And as I always say, folks, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. And continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you next week. Peace.
Every journey starts with a thought, a vision, fueled by a why. But what's your why? Why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday? You already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent. You already know that next level results require next level effort, period. But why is today different than any other day? What's your why? How are you going to get to the next level? See, most of you want to make it to the promised land of success, but aren't willing to make the sacrifices. Let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No handouts. No excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your why for the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Find your why for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your why to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm-up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You got to decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. You